Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasik. I'm your host here at OTM, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the Flow blockchain. There's been a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes over at Flow, a lot of different moving pieces. Um, that that can honestly get, get a bit technical. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to walk through all of that, kind of break down everything that I'm seeing going on with Flow and everything that they are doing to achieve their goal of being the blockchain that takes Web3 mainstream. And that is sort of the theme that I see with everything that they are doing. Last week, they announced this EVM compatibility with Flow, which is essentially the ability for developers to take apps from Ethereum and move them to Flow. We're going to get into all of that, but mostly just talk about it at a high level, put together the pieces of all the things happening with the Flow blockchain. And uh, yeah, I've been around this space for three years now. I also worked in tech in my previous jobs prior to OTM. So I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of how all these things tie together. And I think it's an interesting topic. So I I wrote a thread about this over on the X platform. So make sure you're giving me a follow there at TJL5124DFS. If you enjoyed the thread, appreciate a like and a repost. And in this podcast, we're going to talk through Flow's high-level plan, at least the way that I see it, the primary selling points of why Flow makes sense as the blockchain to take people mainstream, Flow's desire to break down walls, which has been a theme that we've seen from Roham for a couple of months now. We'll simply explain this EVM compatibility stuff, and then we'll just kind of tie it all together and talk through why it's relevant for people like us and users of NBA Top Shot and NFL All Day. It all all does start to piece a larger vision and where all the different blocks come into play. So let's do it. First, we're going to start by just looking at the definition of the Flow blockchain per their profile on X. In the Flow blockchain's profile, it says that they are a permissionless layer one blockchain that empowers developers to create limitless Web3 dApps for mainstream users. And right off the jump, this is where we start to see that theme that Flow is positioning themselves as the blockchain that will take Web3 mainstream. And this makes sense to me. And I'd say there are three main selling points as to why the Flow blockchain in particular is ideal for mainstream adoption. Number one is the really solid onboarding and front-end customer user experience. We saw this play out with TopShot. Nobody has been able to onboard people into Web3 the way that Flow and Dapper has been able to. So that's the number one selling point for Flow as mainstream adoption. Number two is their cadence coding language, which is really optimized in general for scale, for being able to scale mainstream, and also was designed specifically for the use case of NFTs. 
So their unique coding language and the ability for that to scale makes them a great candidate for Web3 mainstream adoption. And then number three is that everything is secure and decentralized. And this is super important in the kind of more broad crypto Web3 space. We see a lot of bad actors, a lot of security issues, and Flow has really spent a lot of time making sure that their platform is secure and secure in a way where maybe these non-Web3 native folks are able to come in and feel safe. So just to reiterate, three main selling points for Flow as the blockchain for the mainstream. Number one, good onboarding and UX. Number two, cadence coding language optimized for scale. And then number three, everything secure and decentralized. With these three things in mind, Flow now has this goal of, well, how can we provide a platform for developers to now build this next wave of applications in Web3 for the mainstream? And at this point is where I kind of zoom out and, and look at the overall plan, because to me, there, there's four steps to this overall plan. Number one, partnering with large brands and IP. So this is the NBA, the NFL, et cetera. Get these big name partners, these big name brands and secure IP for the Flow blockchain. Number two then is to create this best platform for developers to build on, which is what we're talking about now. Number three, once you built the platform, actually getting devs to build there. And then number four, onboard end consumers to the products that are created through the IP, through the developers building, right? Like overall, just kind of create the foundation first via the tech and via this IP sitting on the Flow blockchain. And then from there, scale mainstream to the actual end users. Um, yeah, so like this is where I think a lot of people are in the phase right now of like, we need new users, we need new users. But in those steps I just outlined, new users is actually fourth on the list, right? First, you're getting the IP. Then you're building this platform where developers can build. Then you're trying to get developers to build. And only then are you able to then mainstream market to the end consumer. Now, we've seen a lot of progress to this end in the building of pipelines to create that foundation. Right, We have this awesome onboarding experience via the Dapper wallet. We have secure KYC, know your customer, plus money withdrawal, so you can easily take money off of the platform. You've got major, major partnerships with IP, NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day. You've got Doodles. You've got Ticketmaster. Right, Flow has secured a ton of major IP. And that foundation is starting to be set and we are starting to get to the point where it's time for scale. But how does that happen, right? How do we scale from where we are to where we want to be? And this is kind of where this next phase and evolution comes in because the problem with flow has really been volume. A lack of users and a lack of developers building on the flow blockchain. And you can see why they want this focus on getting more developers because <clears throat> the, the process that they're going through is that they need cool developers or they need developers to build cool, useful products 
so that in turn end consumers can use those cool and useful products. And this is why we've seen a dedicated push from the team with things like ecosystem grants, with things like the hackathons. And don't get me wrong, there's already been amazing companies and communities built around the Flow blockchain. I mean, you're looking at one here with Own the Moment and the Jolly Jokers. We've got our friends at Floaty, Evaluate, AI Sports, Flovatar, Flowverse, Cryptoids, Emerald Dow, right? There's tons of awesome companies that are being built around this ecosystem, but it has not yet hit that critical mass. And one way to start to hit that mass is to unlock more liquidity and options from Web3 users on other blockchains. And, and this is where the EVM on flow, the kind of Ethereum to flow thing comes into play. We're going to get into that in a second. But it's also where we start to see this theme, and we've seen it from Roham dating back to his conversation with the first mint, but this theme of breaking down walls, right? And there's this concept of breaking down walls for the end users. And there's this concept of breaking down walls for developers. From an end user standpoint, we're talking about breaking down liquidity walls between Dapper Wallet and the rest of Flow, right? Again, going back to that conversation Roham had with LG and the First Mint, a core focus of the conversation was talking about how Dapper Wallet is a walled garden and this idea of rolling out account linking so that they can break down the walls of Dapper Wallet and not have the separation between Dapper Wallet and the rest of the Flow ecosystem. So that's the number one wall being broken down for users. The second wall for users is liquidity between Ethereum and Flow. And this is where they have a number of bridges being built so that assets can more easily be bridged from Ethereum to Flow and vice versa. And then from a developer standpoint, we're talking about breaking down walls that will allow ETH developers to more easily build on the Flow blockchain. And this is exactly where EVM on Flow comes into play. EVM stands for Ethereum Virtual Machine. And it sounds fancy and all, but it's basically just the tech stuff that developers use when they're building apps on Ethereum, right? So think about apps like OpenSea, MetaMask, Uniswap, right? All of these things that we are familiar with in the ETH ecosystem, all of these are built via EVM, via the Ethereum virtual machine. And what this concept of EVM on Flow will do is it will enable these developers to port over their EVM built applications to the Flow blockchain without having to make any code changes or at least not significant code changes. In today's world, if you want to build on Flow, a developer needs to learn an entire new coding language in Cadence, which is obviously quite a large barrier to entry. But in the future, they'll be able to code up their apps on Ethereum in Solidity, which is the coding language of ETH, and then simply port the app over to be functional and usable in Flow. So they don't have to learn 
a new language. They can simply do what they're already doing. And on top of that, also, if they want to take advantages of the composability of flow, of some of the flexibility with cadence, with scale, etc. So taking what they already know from the ETH ecosystem with the option to add the benefits of flow on top. And you can see how this kind of goes into this theory that if we get more developers building on flow, that means we're going to have more products on flow, which means there's going to be more stuff to do on flow, which leads to more liquidity, which leads to more users. And ladies and gentlemen, I know we all want new users. So there we have it. More devs leads to more products on flow, leads to more things to do and more liquidity on flow in general, which in turn will drive new users. At least that is the thesis that we are seeing here. And that is where this EVM compatibility, again, comes into play. It's an effort to get more developers from the ETH ecosystem to start building in flow. Now, we've still got certainly a long way to go here. But you can kind of see this big vision piecing together, right? We've got the excellent onboarding experience, the onboarding experience that feels very Web2, that is going to be friendly for the mainstream user. We've got these big name partnerships in IP. NBA Top Shot certainly sitting at the head there, but there's tons of other IP involved with the Flow blockchain. We've got things like account linking aimed at unlocking liquidity within the Dapper and Flow ecosystem. We've got bridges coming that is aimed at unlocking liquidity between Ethereum and the Flow ecosystem. And now we've got EVM compatibility, which is aimed to unlock Ethereum developers and allow them to more easily build on Flow and to port directly over their applications from ETH to Flow. And all of this is combining to this goal of having Flow be the blockchain that takes Web3 mainstream. And that's kind of the high-level plan here. Just to reiterate one more time, we've got Flow positioning themselves as the blockchain to take Web3 mainstream. We've got the tech and IP foundation in place. But our problem right now is a lack of users and a lack of developers building on Flow. We have initiatives in place to break down these walls, which will theoretically increase the growth. And EVM on Flow is one of those many things that is specifically breaking down walls for Ethereum developers. All of this aimed to take our beloved Flow blockchain to the top. But it's going to take time. It's going to take time. The more I read up on this stuff, the more I realize that we are, again, it's the most cliche of all time, but it's still quite early in a lot of these processes. We're still mostly in a foundational building period when a lot of people want us to be at the point of scale. But when you zoom out and you look at the things that have happened, when you look at the things that are happening, we're still in you know, I, I outlined earlier my four-step process. We're still in steps two and three, right? Step four is where we hit end users with mainstream adoption, mainstream marketing. Right now, 
we're still building out that foundation. Flow is still continuing to grab additional partners in IP. They're continuing to build out their platform for developers. They're focused on marketing to developers to get more people building on the platform. And only then do we scale to the mainstream from an end consumer standpoint. There we have it. Thanks for giving this podcast a listen. I know it was a bit of a dense one, but it's an important topic. Hopefully this helped you understand a bit more what's going on in the Flow ecosystem. Make sure you're giving me a follow at TJL5124DFS. And I'll see you all next time.